I'm Gary. I'm Clark. And this is the Red Cedar Rundown, the self-proclaimed number one MSU football and basketball fan podcast. On this week's episode, part one of our rivalry edition episode, we'll recap last week and look ahead to the monster game this Sunday against Michigan. Send us your comments, and we'll be sure to read them on the show. Clark? Yeah? Welcome in. It's Friday. Friday, you know, you know indeed. That means. Oh! <laughs> got some brews going. Spilled a little on my computer. No big deal. <laughs> we'll get that to work computer, so they'll take care of that. <laughs> yeah, we're... Uh, Whoops. We're a little late uh, giving you this episode this week, and we do apologize, but uh, we were dealing with a death of a close personal friend to the podcast, and... Uh, had to so take a day off. Had to take a day off to to handle that, so... But we're back. High energy. Ready to talk scum. Definitely ready. Let's okay. jump right into this. Let's... Oh, yeah. We got a lot to talk about got today. Recap. Let's get some recaps going for the recaps, people. Recaps right into the recaps? Yeah. Well, no, let's... Let's, let's first t- take a sip of this Bud Heavy that we're drinking, both drinking Tallboy Bud Heavies. This podcast does run on diesel fuel only. <sighs> yeah, that's good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. There we go. Yep. So, as we've said on even last week... In the world of college basketball, things can change week to week, and yep, no bigger news than the news of Nick Ward out for an unknown amount of time with a broken left hand. And what really happened? We'll never know. Conspiracy theories are abound, that's for sure. I know Dean H. and Wayne had one right away as it happened, wow. right after halftime. He said, I'm 100% convinced. That Nick Ward punched something in the locker room. He pulled a Brendan Dawson. Brendan Dawson style. And I don't want to be that guy that sides with conspiracy theorists, because I think most of them just are just insane. Flat earthers looking right at you. <laughs> 9-11 truthers looking right at you. Pizzagate. <laughs> yeah. Zagate. But I think Dean's got a point. I think something happened. They said, uh, yeah. I think the official explanation is like an elbow or or something you got hit. I don't know. I, yeah. I've heard a couple of things being tossed I'm around. I'm leaning more towards punching something in the locker room. And he, I've talked about certain things with Nick Ward. Number one being intelligence level while on the basketball court. Not sure how it translates off the court, but in the locker room, I have to imagine that it translates the same way. So... We hope for the best in a speedy recovery. Absolutely. And, I mean, until his return, what are the expectations for this team? Win. <laughs> they have to if they want to win the Big Ten. Yeah. But, I mean, I would tamper my expectations a little bit. I, I certainly don't see us winning the conference at this point if he's out for the remainder of the regular season. Yeah. it's. I mean, we saw how how much we struggled with Rutgers, and we'll we'll give a full recap of that game. But... It wasn't pretty in the first half. We definitely looked out of sync, but that's to be expected. And right now they're looking at around, they've estimated three to six weeks, I believe, for his return. So Wonderful. So could be anywhere. Could be the end of the season. Well, it could be anywhere from the end of the Big Ten tournament to the first round to the second round. Or we're or done. Or not at or all. Or we're just toast. But um, he does say he's a quick healer, if that is a thing at all. 
I think it's a thing if you're from Ohio, <laughs> which he is. So, you know, that's got to be something that we got to look forward to. Quick healing. Yeah. I, would, I, I, don't, I don't know what it means. I, I think it's just a positive mindset maybe is what he's thinking of. Some people maybe, I don't know. I wish he knew how to shoot with his right hand. He could play right now. I heard he was doing... He's working on his right hand. I, mean, I, I want him out there for rebounding and defense. Put a club on that left they hand. They said he was out there for shoot-around. Good. Yesterday. Maybe, so, so maybe he'll come back quicker than we think, and he just won't be at full strength. And I, We need him out there. We need bodies. That's the good Especially thing. In the it's post. not a leg injury or something where he can't do conditioning. So in regards to getting inserted back into the lineup, that he shouldn't miss a step because you know he's still able to to do all the things you need to do to stay conditioned and I think he even joked that he was going to have a six pack when he re- came back but <laughs> he's a funny guy but yeah I don't think with this injury like you said I, getting a number 1 seed is going to be very difficult cuz that would entail us winning out the don't rest of this it. Big 10 schedule it's not going to happen and, Get your ex- don't put your expectations winning a Big that 10 championship don't be foolish. Big 10 tournament tam- championship but Purdue should win the Big Ten at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm still predicting a sweep. We'll we'll see how my prediction Gary's goes today. But, um, yeah, definitely looks less of a chance, especially if there's a split between Michigan and Michigan State. I mean, Purdue's schedule is pretty manageable. They should win most of those games yeah. with the teams they have remaining. So we'll see. And, yeah, in the world of college basketball, Nick Ward wasn't the only big injury since our last podcast. Uh, speaking from – a larger scale, Zion Williamson had his shoe explode this week during the Duke North Carolina game. A nightmare for Nike, I would say. Probably not going to sign with you, Nike. <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, the person that did, you know, like create that shirt got fired from Nike. I think I read an article about that the other day. He should. I mean, that's seems in Nike's harsh. eyes. That's seems all harsh to me. But well, I mean, that's, I mean, he probably designed the shoe. He didn't actually physically put it together. That was probably done by a machine. So maybe we fire the machine or the Chinese worker that assembled it. Sounds a little racist. Well, I mean, it's true. Probably That's not up for me to decide. <laughs> but what is up for Zion William to decide is, does he sit out? Yeah, that's the question that everyone's I asking. Out. I would definitely sit out. Pretty much guaranteed him. to be the number one pick. And yeah. there's what if he comes back and puts on a Nike shoe, which he'd be required to wear at Duke because they're sponsored by Nike. And he blows that knee out. I don't want that to happen. But what if that happens? Then you might not be the number one pick. Yeah. You're costing yourself millions of dollars. He does have insurance for that situation, but Correct. that only covers a certain amount. So Still, what do you care? I mean, Duke, you, you, you went to college because you had to go to college, right? If there was no rule about playing one year in college and then going to the NBA, he'd already be playing in the NBA. Yeah. I think you care more about your person. Personally, for me, I'd care more about my future. And I'd sit out. What about you, Gary? I look at it both ways. If it were me personally, it'd be a tough decision because I'm a natural competitor. So mm. I'd wow. want to. I'd want the team to win. I'd want to play. I want to play with my my brothers, and uh, especially for Duke, have a legit shot at winning a national championship. I mean, some players, you know, you never know when you're going to get another chance at a championship. Look at Carmelo Anthony. I'm going to let all of you know I don't believe Gary's answer right there. I think he's just saying that to say it, to make himself look like the gritty guy that would do it for him and his brothers. Deep down, he would take the money and not give a damn. I can see it in his eyes right now. You guys can't see it, but I can see it. He's laughing, too, so we all know what's right. It's definitely a polarizing topic. You, you've seen pretty 
strong opinions from both sides, and both have valid points. I understand it. Let's get back into Michigan State basketball okay. here, though. Yeah. I don't like Duke, so let's not even get into that anymore. I agree. So, yeah, let's. Uh, feels like forever ago, but it was only less than a week ago, the Ohio State game. And Bucks. slow start. Yeah, very slow start. You predicted it could that could happen. Um looking back at our picks, I picked a seventy nine sixty seven pick and Clark had an eighty five to seventy two pick. Yikes. Yeah. I had a twelve point spread, thirteen point spread for Clark, and the final sp- total was sixty two to forty four and eight point spread. It was so, an ugly game. Yeah, well, you have to look at we didn't have Nick Ward for the entire second half. When basically. We held him to thirteen points in the second half. That's huge. Impressive. Yes. And that's one thing. Our defense has been playing at a pretty elite level the last few games, and we're going to need that to to keep happening if we have any chance this weekend against Michigan. Yeah. I mean, the defense is going to have to win that game for us. There's no question about it. We'll get into that, though, in a little bit. Can we talk about, real quick, the lineup that we had in place for the biggest run of that game in the second half? Foster Lawyer in the game for that? Lawyer. Arns. Kith. Quaid. Goins. Wow. What a lineup. And I'm pretty sure Goins was quoted after the game saying they won the game with four and a half white guys. That's hilarious. <laughs> sure, we did. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's promising. That's something that we needed to, needed to see, especially with how the future looks without Nick Ward. So, you know, we need, we're going to need those guys to step up, especially Foster Lawyer, because Jesus. by the time we get to the tournament, Winston's going to be pretty much run ragged so i don't know how much energy he's gonna we have always, we always welcome billy g to come on and defend his boy foster lawyer please he come on and defend him please. our offer please but i'd love to have a chat with him about foster lawyer i would love he to still hear. stands by him gary still, I, don't, I don't understand you it still i don't reached out it. to him since then reached out he said just give it time how much time are we supposed to give it i don't know Not this year four I can, years I can, maybe okay, i don't know Is yeah he come back as a grad assistant or something <laughs> is that what i'm looking forward to because i don't see it not yet. Yeah, especially in the Rutgers game, which we attended. Um, he couldn't even get to the top of the key. Are we going right into Rutgers here? Yeah, I mean, Ohio We're State. Right in Ohio yeah. State, it is what it is. We came back, we smoked him in the second yeah. half. It was great to see. But yeah, let's get into that Rutgers game. We were in attendance. RCR was there. Yeah, and uh, it was a great game to be at. It had all the excitement and ended in a, a comfortable victory, which is what we were hoping. It was definitely scary for the first 30 minutes of the game, though. Yeah, being down seven to Rutgers at home at halftime was just extremely unacceptable to me. It was an uneasy feeling, and you know, a lot of these guys that... Aaron you know, Henry is just not playing with confidence right no, now. It's yeah, just, that, I've never seen uh, a so worse scared. regression. He won't shoot the ball. He's just scared. He like yeah. he was been open for three a few times and he just pump fakes and takes it to the hole and puts up a bad shot. Yeah, we saw him. I think leaning uh, left, shooting well. right. I'll tell you what, he rebounds. Yeah, that's well where still. we're going to need him. We're going to need him to to definitely. I need him to be more confident on offense, though. Yeah, we had two points from our bench in that game. Two. It's awful. Yeah, two. and a lot of the guys that we were depending on. I mean, Tillman obviously stepped up huge in that game, but you know, Kithier and Goins having a bigger role. They looked a little uh, shaky, especially underneath the net, catching the ball. They had some turnovers and missed some layups in the beginning of the game. Yeah, Kenny Goings looks like he had cinder blocks for hands in the first half. He could not hold on to the ball to save his life. Yeah, that was was pretty bad. He had four turnovers in that game, led the team. He's got to be better than that. 
But he had twelve rebounds. So the classic one, glue game. The one possession that turned it up, uh, turned the game around, was that five rebound possession. One of the ending more with imp- a McQuaid three. One of the more impressive possessions I've actually ever seen in person. Yeah, that was uh, the Breslin was definitely rocking after that one. Rocking, it was amazing. Yeah, five. I think we got four or five <laughs> straight offensive rebounds. Cash just did a little shimmy, quick hezzy. <laughs> he was hezzy and all over the place in that game, Gary. Lots of hezzies. So that many hezzies. And then he kicks it to McQuaid. Three. Fist pump. Izzo. Championship. Game over. Fist, Spartans. Fist pump. Big fist pump. Double fist pump, I'm pretty sure. And this is not to take anything away, but how many hezzies did Cassius have in that game? So many hezzies. Hezzy, step back three, fade away from the corner. <laughs> Nothing but net. All thanks to the hezzy. Yeah, we created that term all by ourselves. No one helped us. So you're welcome. We'll be continuing to bring Hezzies to you for the remainder of the season. No no type of dogs helped us with that, big or small. Big or small, no. So just want to make that clear. But our predictions are pretty much we're not even going to read them because... They were nowhere close. Yeah, well, they were nowhere close, but we didn't have Nick Ward. So I think that you know would have definitely changed our predictions for the game. I'd say we would have hit 84, I, exactly I as I predicted. We almost predicted Rutgers' exact score. We both predicted Rutgers getting 62 Nick Ward points. Just how many points a game? About 14. We had 71. I guessed 84 for MSU. There's your difference. Yep. I think I would have been 100% correct probably if Nick Ward had played the game. I would have definitely predicted 11-point spread if we knew Ward wasn't playing. So, Oh, you would have? Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I will take your word for it. <laughs> no questions asked. Gary he's really Vegas feeling, knows. He's feeling himself today. <laughs> Must be the beer. <laughs> Bud Diesel. His first Diesel in years. He, <laughs> he can't even handle it. It's like it's a triple X hitting him. <laughs> Don't even get me started on triple X's. But yeah, you know, we definitely needed that victory. I'm yeah. sure that built confidence for the players that had to step up that game and Gives us good confidence I going mean, into... Cassius uh, Winston was a monster in that game. 28 yeah. points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Xavier Tillman in the second half as well. He only had 4 points in the first half, finished with 19 and 10. Yeah, very impressive. We need that out of both of them if we're going to have any chance to beat Michigan. There are two players, most key players. And Glue's going to have to step up and hit some shots. Yep. He's got to hit at least one three. No, I need, I need at least two threes out of Glue. I'll take it. Whatever glue can give us. Glue gets us a double-double. We're beating Michigan. All right. Mark his words. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, enough recapping these last two games. Let's talk about the game. The scum. Um, yep. Oh, we've been looking forward to these games all season, and we're finally getting the first one at Michigan on Sunday, 345 tip. Very exciting. Very another one of the Big Ten's shithole arenas. One of the worst. I mean, I haven't been back since they've renovated Chrysler Center or whatever the hell they call it nowadays. But let me tell you, went plenty of times when I was a young lad and uh wasn't impressed. It's one of the sticky court arenas. <laughs> you know, we can mark it down as a sticky court. Okay. Yeah, and their student section tries to emulate some of the better student sections, but they just fail miserably. What are they, Beeline's Beehive? What uh, are they called? I have no I actually don't even crew? give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> the swine crew. Yeah, I don't know what else to call them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But let's break it down. We're going to break down, you know, backcourt, 
front court. We're going to break it all down. Look at the matchups individually. Mm. I know the number one matchup everyone's looking forward to and the ones that the one that Michigan fans continue to cite from last year is Xavier Simpson versus Cassius Winston. Yes, we all get it. Xavier Simpson is a very good defensive basketball player. There's no question that he's a better defensive basketball player than Cassius Winston. Absolutely. I would no one would argue that. Would never disagree with but that. But when looking at basic statistics here, you know, I'm no tactician. Well, let's look here. Xavier Simpson averages under 10 points a game. Cassius Winston, I'm pretty sure, leads the Big Ten in scoring. Mm-hmm. He's nine points a game, six assists, five rebounds. So he's a, he's a do-it-all guy. You know who else is a do-it-all guy but does more? Cassius Winston. Both, I think, probably two of the top point guards in the Big Ten, but I think one of them is better than the other one. But I do think Cassius Winston does need to get it done versus Xavier Simpson. Yeah, he's, no questions he's asked. got to answer the critics, that's for sure. Xavier Simpson had his number last year. But Winston's a completely different player I don't than think last Winston year. Was shooting the ball like he was this year. No, he was shooting with confidence and he shot at a high percentage. But he wasn't taking as many shots as he was this year. Well, I don't think that Winston was as good last year about creating his own shots as the, he is this year. Definitely yeah. weren't there. Yeah, I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I definitely think you know Winston's this. That's going to be the key to the game. If Winston can win that matchup, we're going to have a great chance to win the game. I think. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree. Um, I mean. The more that, I mean, anytime Xavier Simpson scores for them, it's a bonus for Michigan. Uh, but what he does, you know, on defense, you know, it, you know, has to be taken into account because he is an elite defensive point guard. And but if he I, shuts down Cassius, we're screwed. We're in big time trouble. Yeah. But I mean, we also have a lockdown defender on our team. Yes. In the likes of Matt McQuaid. Here's the thing Do you put Matt McQuaid on Jordan Poole? I would not. I'd put him on Charles Matthews. It's a tough thing. I I've read today that they're probably most likely going to put him on pool, but Ugh. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, look at what he's done against some of the elite players. He shut down Carson Edwards, held him to twenty five points on seven of thirty five shooting. Seven, that was seven in of the two meetings, shootings in two, two meetings, meetings. Yes. in two meetings. Twenty five yeah. points and seven of thirty five in two meetings. And obviously, he's always a threat from three, hitting forty four point one percent of his three point attempts. So yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, you know, whoever McQuaid's assigned to, whether it be Poole or Matthews, he's able to shut him down. Jordan Poole is a high-volume three-point shooter. Yeah, he shoots a lot. He shoots 38%. Nothing great. And he definitely shoots the most threes I'd say he's a streak out of shooter. all the Michigan I, players. He gets hot. He gets hot. He's a streaky shooter. I think that's how all Michigans, even Matthews, Matthews has been very streaky this year. But Matthews has been playing very well the last few games. Yeah, the last few. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like he had, a, four he had a cold yeah. stretch, and now he's, he's playing better. So... Um, he's averaging six. Uh, speaking of Matthews, he's averaging sixteen point three points over the last four games and shooting at a clip of fifty five point one percent. Very good. So, yeah, that's that's big. If we, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think in my eyes, Matthews is definitely more of a threat than Jordan Poole is. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's the thing you said. You can't let him get it hot from three. So, I mean, I could put. A, I think Aaron thing. Henry can stick with Matthews, but if he starts struggling, then I think you maybe switch the two of them and put Henry on Pool and you know McQuaid on Matthews and see what that can do for us. Yeah, that will be uh, that will be definitely big. I'm sure they'll make the in-game adjustments as needed, as we have one of the better coaches in doing so. The key to this game, honest to God, is going to be massive. We have been giving up a ton of second chance points. Our defensive rebounding has not been great. We absolutely have to win on the boards to win this game. No question about it. 
and actually surprisingly, I think even last year we actually won the rebounding battle, but still lost. So, you know, we're going to need a lot from this team. That's for sure. And I think a big part of this game is getting off to a quick start, not a slow start. Like, a quick. No, I'm with you. Look if we at, get off to a start like the last two games, we're, we're just absolutely Yeah, it's going to be really hard to come back, especially on the road in a hostile environment. Quick burp from Gary there, guys. No big deal. Yep. Excuse Burping me. Burping up a little diesel. <laughs> but, yeah, and, you know, another key factor will be Aaron Henry. And as we said, he's he's really I'd like to see struggling. him take the ball to the hole more and try and finish at the hoop. Well, he's not – like you said, he's not confident. But he's doing that pull-up jumper and, like, it's – yeah, it falls sometimes. But, like, come on. Take the – you're a sla- – be a slasher. Take the ball to the hoop. Be aggressive. When you get a rebound on offense, put it back up and try and draw a foul. That's what he's got to do, man. So overall, I mean, what would you say though in the backcourt? Who has the edge? I I mean, personally, with the way Matt McQuaid's been playing, I would I, say it's pretty even. I'd say it's extremely even, to be honest with you. I think <laughs> we take point guard. I think we I think shooting guard's almost like a draw, but I think I'd give it the edge to us slightly because of McQuaid's defense. But I think Charles Matthews is just far and above a better player than well, Henry I, at this the, point. The difference, I think, between if you're comparing McQuaid and, let's say, Charles Matthews and either even Aaron Henry, is Charles Matthews can get his own bucket. Absolutely. And he that's can the shoot difference. it from the outside. He can take it to the hoop. And he's got a really good mid-range jumper. And uh, really for us in the backcourt, Cassius Winston's the only one that can really create his own offense. And me, McQuaid's going to hit a three, and he's he's ready and willing to do that. But, yeah. We need Henry to get some, create some own uh, uh, offense for himself, yeah, much I mean, better than he has. I would uh, recently. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Kyle Arns gain some confidence and maybe hit. We're going to need him to hit a few threes as well uh, in this game. By the way, speaking of Arns, Arns, mm-hmm. he was not in shoot around yesterday, and he's questionable to play in this game. He's going to play in this game. He better. If he doesn't play, we're going to be in big trouble. Big trouble. Yeah, we need him. We need as much depth as possible. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Orange is a guy that gives you at least 20 points a game. He, we need him, yeah. or we are screwed. Absolutely. So, backcourt looks pretty even. Let's move to the front court. And there's some very interesting, tantalizing matchups in that front court. Mm. Obviously, Bristakis is, is having a pretty decent season. He's been kind of on and off, depending on the game. He's their leading scorer, but, 14 and a half a game. Yeah, yeah, but he's had seven games with at least 20 points, which is pretty impressive. But, For a freshman, that is very impressive. Yeah. yeah. But I think the biggest matchup inside we're going to be looking at is going to be the Teske versus Tillman matchup. Ah, uh, Teske Tillman. Yep. And Teske's been pretty great, man. He's uh, he's definitely come on strong. He's impressed me. He's far better player than I actually thought he I was. I never thought he would be as good as he is. And uh, he is a tree. He is. He just Tillman's going to have to stand his ground versus that fella because he is a beast, top shot blocker I was watching, in the Big Ten. I was watching him play against Minnesota the other night, and he was just moving Jordan Murphy out of the middle, who is one of the best centers in the Big Ten. But I don't mind it if Teske wants to keep popping those threes and chuck, chucking those up. I know he can hit one every now and then, but he's only shooting it at a thirty percent clip from deep. So yeah, you'll take that. Yeah, absolutely, I'll take that. That's I'll like that Tillman shooting from three. I'm sure. I think Tillman, Tillman probably <laughs> shoots at a lower percentage than that. I don't know. I mean, he Tillman ranks third in the conference in field goal percentage overall at 61.5. Obviously, most of those coming from inside the paint. Correct. He's six in blocks and 13 in rebounds. So I mean, that's yeah, Xavier Tillman is 20 percent from beyond the arc. So. Okay. So inside the, inside the no, I'm not frying you. Inside the arc, he's 61.5 percent, which is insane. And we saw last game, which helped us, you know, in the Rutgers game, 
his finishing ability looked much better than in games past. He had a he had a few and ones that was uh, very good to see him gain some confidence. Yeah, for his you know a start first start in a while to get a double double seven to twelve shooting you can't can't complain. Yeah, and he had four points in a halftime. Finished with fifteen, fifteen in the second half, nineteen total. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, it's gonna that's gonna be a definite matchup to look. And then you know obviously another X factor, our boy Glue. Here's the thing. Before we get into glue, one thing with Teske, he only shoots 57% from the free throw line. So if you want to throw a guy in there and hack him, I'm fu- I'm for it. Yeah, that just that to save could... Tillman on some foul trouble. If you want to throw a guy like Bingham in there and have him hack him five times, I'm fine with it. Fine with it. Try and eat up some of those possessions. Not a bad idea. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it might, for how low scoring we're going to expect this game to be, free throws could be a huge factor coming down the stretch. Yes. Uh, yeah, 100%. What is Michigan as a team should 68% from the free throw line. But yeah, you know, Brzezakis is going to definitely pose a problem for us. And that's the one the one person that I'm very concerned about. And I hope we have someone that can match up defensively. Glue. Well, yeah, I hope I'm just hoping glue can stick with him. He's a little bit taller. Than, I, how tall is how tall is Brzezakis? Six, seven. So I think, yeah, somewhere I around six there. Six foot seven. Yeah, that's I'm checking it now. Six, seven two fifteen. Kenny Goings. Six eight, six seven two thirty. Okay, I like it. Yeah, that's a it's a pretty but even I think matchup. Dacus is he's he's a big fella for a freshman. He's strong. Yeah, but uh, so I mean I don't know in the front court it's we have also to cl- pretty even. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I I would probably without having Nick Ward, I'm giving the front court edge to Michigan. Yeah, I would give it to Michigan as well. If Ward was in, I would say we would have the edge for sure. I would say it'd be much more even. Okay. I think Teske's been way more impressive than I thought he would be. And he's uglier than Sin. There's no question about it. But that means nothing with his game. The kid can ball way better than I thought he could. <laughs> Brzezakis needs to stop with his Johnny Manziel stolen money sign that he likes to do. Guy, you look like you're from Germany. You're from Canada. You confuse the hell out of everybody. Stop it. Okay? You're not that good. You're good but you're not that good. <laughs> you're not Johnny Manziel, Heisman Trophy. Good. Still put the money signs away, all right? Give it a rest. Stop flexing. Stop flexing, for Christ's sakes. Please stop flexing. Oh, God. This is America, okay? Zion Williamson can flex. He's going number one overall in the draft. You'll be back at Michigan next year. <laughs> so keep the flexing for sophomore year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... We would say we're giving the front court edge to Michigan on that one. And we're going to move to the bench. This is going to be where it gets a little interesting. It's a little dicey. For both teams, to be honest. No question. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and the one person who can be an X factor is our boy Kith. Young Kith. Here's my I worry about Kith here against their front court. He cannot guard John Teske. I, I don't think he can guard either player in their front yeah. court. I mean, who would have thought he could have guard, guarded Weston, Wesson, though? Yeah, but Wesson's a different player than Teske. I know. Teske is a giant. He's seven foot one and he must weigh 280 pounds. He is fucking, he's huge, man. He's just huge. Kithier probably weighs 215 soaking wet. Teske will hack him. If Kith gives me five fouls and six points, I'm fine with it. Who else are we going to throw at Teske? That's the I, question. I told you. Bing him. Bring him in. Hack him. Five fouls. <laughs> But, yeah, so, I mean, coming on Michigan's bench, you got Livers, obviously. He's solidified himself Yeah, as the sixth man on Michigan. But 
Michigan ranks right now 352nd in the nation in bench minutes. They don't rely a lot on their bench. No, they don't. And they have a similar situation. I mean, for in regards to backup guards, they got Eli Brooks and not overly impressed. David, but who do we have? Whoever we have, his I mean, name I mean, is, I mean, we have shit. Foster Lawyer. No one's impressed. Exactly. I mean, we're gonna get Gabe Brown probably a little bit. I, if Gabe Brown can hit a couple threes in this game, it'd be huge. Yeah, I'm I surprised need, we, we haven't seen more of him. Honestly, we need Kyle Arns to play in this game. I mean, I understand if he can't physically, that's going to suck for us. But if we can get Kyle Arns to play and he gives us 20 minutes, it is a huge, huge boost for our team off the bench. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that's good about this depth for Michigan State is, you know, Michigan doesn't have a lot of depth inside, outside of Teske. No, that's that's actually a very good so point. So if we can somehow get him in foul trouble or do whatever we can to disrupt him and get him out of his game, that's going to be huge for our, our team and as many minutes yeah, as we can get him on the bench, that'd their, be great. Who's their next biggest uh, center? Do they even have another center on their team? Let's see. They have a redshirt sophomore center, Austin Davis. But he's had more valleys than peaks. He averages 4.6 minutes per game. So he really doesn't touch the court much. If we can somehow get Teske in some foul trouble, we're going to have Michigan's back against the wall. Yep. So, yeah, I would say bench is definitely an even matchup. We both definitely don't have de- deep benches, so... Well, we would if we didn't have injuries, but we do have injuries. Well, we do have injuries, so, so I won't. I'll just shut up. Yep, I'll just shut up. Don't make excuses, Clark. Play like a champion. I don't know. This is another Dame. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean it, it's looking pretty even thus far. So we're gonna get into coaching now. Ooh, both very good coaches. Very, I you know, Beeline is very hard to hate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to respect John Beeline. He's not like the loser that walks around with khakis, drinking milk with his steak. Don't know who I'm talking about. Not even going to name his name. Don't even name it. Not worth it. Not worth my breath. Anyways, Izzo, what is it? Head-to-head versus Beeline? 11 and 9. 11 and 9. Okay. So, very even series. Michigan's had the upper hand here recently. Won three in a row. Won three straight. Prior to that, we won, we won five, five straight. straight. Prior to that, Michigan won three straight. Prior to that, we won two straight. Prior to that, Michigan won three straight. So it's, you know, it's not a lot of back and forth. It's either one team's going to, that's, that goes with your, uh, your sweep theory, Gary. If we can win the first one, probably win the second one, just based on how the series has gone. Um, I mean, John Beeline's really done a great job at Michigan. I don't think there's anything we can say, uh, to argue against that. I mean, he's very impressive coach. I like the way the guy carries himself. He's not an asshole. He's, I like watching his interviews. So I said he's he him and Izzo, he's hard to hate. I him and, well, him and Izzo respect each other. There's a there's a mutual respect there between the two of them. And Beeline was quoted saying a few years back, he was like, "I don't understand why both programs can't be elite at the same time." And they are at that point, and they have been for the last because they hate last each other. Long time, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I like John Beeline as a coach. I'll go ahead and say it. I absolutely hate U of M. Absolutely hate their fan base. Yeah, I actually read a story today that Izzo texted Beeline after his uh, heart surgery and asked him if he could come to the hospital. I mean... They're friends. Yeah. Outside of the rivalry, they're definitely, you know, they can coincide and respect each other as, as coaches and as people. So that's that's great to see. But for one day only, I'm sure that they, you know, they want to beat the shit out of each other. So that's, that's a good thing to be able to do. Is this uh, for this year, these uh, stats you got here? Yeah. So, so far... 
Michigan is six and zero against ranked teams. Michigan State six and one against ranked teams. So they both have been pretty even against superior matches. So you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Michigan hasn't. Has Michigan lost at home? No, they haven't lost at home. No, they've only lost three road games. So, yeah, yeah I mean. They're very tough at home. It's going to be – something's got to give this weekend. So, let's get into these predictions. Oh, boy. Let's get into them. Wow. Are you ready for this? I'm always ready. It's going to be an interesting game. A lot of factors that we just broke down. A lot of things can happen. We definitely can expect it to be a low-scoring game. Michigan State is 19-0 and when they score 70 or more points. Wow. And Michigan has failed to reach 70 points nine out of the last ten games. So you're telling me it's a race to 70. 100% a race to 70. And I think neither team will get there. <laughs> I don't see either team getting there. <laughs> they're both... If a team gets they're there, both highly it's pro- it's this probably is, Michigan if a team gets there, let's be both, honest. They're, well, yeah, because, I mean, things could get out of hand. Not going to lie. But they're both highly efficient on the defensive end. Michigan State is overall in the season, when healthy, clearly superior on the offensive end. So, yeah, Michigan's probably a top four or five, t- probably top three team on defense in the country. There's no question about it. And when we're fully healthy, which we're not right now, we're capable of being a top three team on offense in the country. So it would be nice to see these teams match up at full strength. I personally think if we had Langford and Ward, we'd kick their ass. But such is not the case. So I can't have that in my prediction. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first, Clark. I My pick's written down, so, so I agree with you. I can't, I, I can't go anywhere. I, I do think it, you know, I'm worried that, you know, if shots are falling for them because our offense has been very stagnant with the new look. That if shots are falling, it could get out of hand, and that's God. God help me if that happens, I'll slam my head through a wall. But if we can do these things, easy things, fundamentals of basketball, closing out on the perimeter on defense, boxing out and rebounding after a missed shot, transition on offense, I don't think John Teske can run with Xavier Tillman down the court. So if we can get a, if we can get the ball up the court and get an outlet to Cassius Winston, fast break. I think if we if we can kill them on fast break points, I'd like us to win the game. That's a big if. It's a big ask. I don't see either team getting to 70 points. I agree with you on that. But as I've stated before, when we played Michigan in football, I will never pick the University of Michigan to beat Michigan State under any circumstance, no matter what. doesn't matter what I'm thinking in my head could possibly happen. <laughs> I'm not going to predict that it's going to happen. I like Michigan State to win this game. 64 to 63. I like Cassius Winston to get the job done at the end. Big boy shot. Jordan Poole puts up a shot at the end. Thinks it's going in like he's going to beat Houston. Got real lucky in that one. Clank. Back iron. Spartans win. 64-63. Take it to the bank, Gary. I hate you, Clark. I should have picked first. Clark, just full disclosure, for the, full disclosure, for the record, full Clark, disclosure. I've not seen his prediction. For the, for the record, Clark does not write down his picks. I type I mine not. out on a sheet before we do these pod, this podcast every week. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to come down. Michigan got a little hot against Minnesota, but Minnesota's awful in defense. So, I think this is going to be very close. I I don't think Michigan is a great offensive team, as we've seen. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to the final possession. 
and I think actually we're going to hit the hit. Cash Swinson's going to make a a drive to the hole and a little floater to uh, win the off game. Off a hezzy? Off a hezzy. Off a hezzy. Oh, man. And I'm just going to show Clark my pick for verification. <laughs> my pick is... <laughs> My pick is Michigan State 64, Michigan 62. <laughs> so Clark almost stole my exact pick. Per usual, this is right back to football season. Wow. But I have no shame. I have it written down. I'm not changing it. This Remember is... where you heard it first, folks. Remember where you heard it second. Hashtag Gary Vegas. <laughs> well, we both have them winning, so let's just hope that they win. Yep. That's the only thing that matters is winning. That's all that matters. So my question to you, if we win this game, do we lose another game the rest of the season? Oh, for sure. I mean, we're not going to win the national no, title, so no, we'll definitely not, lose. Not, I'm sorry, the rest of the regular season. Quick. Indiana at Indiana. I'm pulling it home up. And Nebra- Hold on. Home against Nebraska. Hold on. I'm pulling it home up. Home against Michigan. There's three games. Hold up. Three games. Shh, quiet. I'm pulling it up. No. We could lose at Indiana. That's where I would see it. Yeah. I could totally see us winning this game riding high and then falling off. But I'm going to say if we beat Michigan on the road, I think it's going to instill a certain level of confidence in the team. I think we'd win out the regular season. And guess what that means, everybody? Can't do worse than tie for the Big Ten title at that point. So that'd be great. This is a huge game. Probably the biggest game of the season. No question. This is definitely going to dictate our chances more than any other game. On whether we can win well, the yeah, Big Ten if or we not. We don't win this game. We're not winning the Big Ten. It's going to go to Purdue. Well, it's not, that's not necessarily true. Yeah, it's probably going to go to I Purdue. Think, I think, well, I think Purdue can still lose. They still got to go to at Minnesota. And for, I mean, really, Michigan still has to go to at Maryland, which is going to be at, an insane. At, and at Michigan State to end the season on yeah, senior day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If anything, I still like our chances to at least split. Share. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the one game I could see us slipping up is at Indiana. If we yeah. beat Michigan, yeah. But this game will go Obviously, we could also lose lengths. to Michigan again at home at the end of the season. So, yep. so yeah, we're we're pumped as as ever for this game this weekend. And you couldn't tell by the enthusiasm in Gary's voice right there. He is excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So, you know, this makes you kind of reminisce about previous games over the years and some of our favorite memories of mm. this rivalry, especially recently as both teams have excelled. Gary, what are yours? He just puked a little bit on the ground, my, guys. Uh, you, this tall boy is really hitting <laughs> hard. My, there's two games that really stick out to me the most. Uh, maybe one because I was watching it with one of our fellow listeners, Michigan listener Steve K from Santa Monica. Ah, oh, skish. Yes, and both teams were, you know, it was I 2015. Him in the mailbag, you know, expectations were high, and uh, I'm pretty sure How'd we that game go. Yeah, we pretty much blew him out. Blew the doors off him. One by ten. In East Lansing, 2015, Costello doing big things. Ah, uh, young Costello. And I remember the crowd being extremely hype. Uh, the other game that really sticks out to me is the Big Ten tournament. I know we had injuries that year. I think it was Dawson who was out. And I think maybe even Gary Harris. I think we were... We were dealing I thought with... Dawson was playing. I thought he had like okay, a win. So maybe... I think he had, pretty sure he had, like a th- he had a, a windmill dunk in that game. Okay. The breakaway it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Who was injured? There was. I think it was Gary Harris. <laughs> Gary Harris was yeah. injured, yeah, most of the season. Both times we played them in the regular season, we lost. Then we went to Indy and absolutely trounced them 69 to 55. Wow. So those are my two favorite memories. Uh, Clark, what are yours? Um, I only have one. It's uh, It's quite a gap in memory here 
it is between 1995 and 2002. There were 10 games played in this series. Gary, how many games did Michigan State win? I'm going to have to guess all 10 of those games. All 10 of those games. That's my favorite memory (laughs) in this rivalry. 10 straight wins. Hold on. But then if we take it even longer, between 95 and 2010, how many times did Michigan State lose to Michigan? We're talking about a 15-year gap. Four times. Three times. Three times in 15 seasons. We're talking double. You know, They play each other usually twice a year. Yeah, that's what I'm happy about is now they will be playing twice a year that the Big Ten has made that official. For some reason, they didn't play each other in 96 or 97. I don't know. This could be incorrect. That I'm, It's not incorrect. It's actually a list of every game they've ever played. I don't know how that's possible that they didn't play in 96 or 97. Somebody was on sanctions. Quite possibly could have been Michigan State at the end of Judd's career. We don't know. We're not going to look into it. But remember that, Michigan fan, when you want to sit here and tell me that Beeline owns Izzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? I don't want to hear it. Before you won the last three, we won five straight. It's a, it's a series of streaks, okay? It's your time right now. Hopefully that ends on Sunday. Let's hope. Let's hope. We asked the listeners out there and about their some of their favorite memories. Of course, our number one fan, Salty Dog Joe V, responded. Gave us uh, one of those games out of that. That long streak that Clark just listed. Oh, I know what game this is. And it was the trouncing in the year 2000. Has there ever been a worse trouncing? No, I don't know if there has been in, in the, the history series. of basketball. I well, mean, like, maybe in the series, definitely not. 114 to 63. Mm. March 4th, 2000. Yep. Natty. Natty. Natty year. Natty was soon to follow after that. You know what? Who set a Big Ten record for assists in that game? Mateen Cleaves, 20 assists in one game. Wow. That's pretty good, right? I think that I think they consider that pretty 20's good. 20 is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're uh we're pretty pumped. We can't wait. Hopefully a new memory and a new top game in our uh list of greatest games is is made this Sunday. We hope. Do we get some mailbags this week, Gary? Oh yeah, we got a f- you know, a lot of the usual suspects on the mailbag, but we got mailbags, that's for sure. A cornucopia of mailbags. Wow. Yep. And we're going to get it started off with our re- one of our resident Michigan listeners. See, I like that. Our Michigan listeners listened. Who is it? Steve K. from Santa Monica. Oh, here we go. And he's got a uh, funny, funny question. Good one. His question is regards to the most punchable faces in the Big Ten. This is a common topic on this podcast. Since Clark is an expert at calling them out, yes, I feel like he's being a little biased. Me? Kithier looks like a dumber version of Eli Manning, <laughs> which is hard to do. I want to hear Clark's, Clark's thoughts on if Kithier actually has the most punchable face in the Big Ten. So, that's funny. I really enjoyed him comparing him to the mouth breather Eli Manning. That really that really got a good laugh out of me. So kudos to you, Steve K in Santa Monica. However, what we're gonna do actually is you know, Kithier, sure, can he grow into the top five of punchable faces? I think he can get there. <laughs> yeah. He does look like a dope. But hey, he's my guy. He's on our team. I love Kith. So no, I'm not gonna talk bad and I am gonna be biased about it. But what I will do for you, Steve, is I'm going to do a new segment here, and I'm going to do a power ranking. I'm going to give you the top five 
punchable faces in the Big Ten? Every week or just top five of anything every week? I'm going to give you – well, we can start that next week. We'll okay. figure out if we're going to do a new top five. I okay. think we will. Okay. We can, And we'll let the listeners decide. We're going to actually put it out to you to give us a new top five. But Steve's given us an idea to do the top five this week. So we're going to start off jumping across the pond. And by the pond, I mean Lake Michigan to a place called Madison, Wisconsin. This is the number five most punchable face in the Big Ten. I think we all know who I'm referring to. One Brad Davidson. <laughs> no one likes the guy. Every fan base doesn't like him. Shocking that he's only number five. Very interesting. You think he's deserve? You think he's worthy of top five? Oh, I would put him in my top five for sure. No top question. three for sure. No but question. I can't imagine what the next four are going to be like. Clark, fill us in. Well, the next one we're going to hop right back over the pond, and by the pond I mean Lake Michigan, and we're going to take a quick drive. Don Dan Arbor. And coming in at number four on my list of most punchable faces in the Big Ten is one young Jordan Poole. You can toss his hair in there as well. <laughs> Jordan Poole, <laughs> you're number four. Number three. Number Where three. Are we, are we heading across any ponds for number, number three? Number three, we're actually going to get in the car. We're going to go... We're going to go get a dub from Menna's Joint. We're going to come right back to Ann Arbor. <laughs> We're going to come right back to Ann Arbor. Coming in at number three on our list is Isaiah Livers <laughs> from Michigan. Hair included as well. Hair included as well. Isaiah Livers, you're number three in the top five. Okay, moving on. Number two. Number two. All right, we're going to get in the car. We're going to drive south. We're heading on down to Indiana. Oh, wait. Nope. We're going to do a U-turn. We're coming right back up north, <laughs> heading right back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. The number two most punchable face in the Big Ten, Ignas Brezdakis. <laughs> I mean, this is not even questionable. There is no argument here from any fan base. The flexor himself. Guy can't decide if he's Canadian, German. I don't know what he is. I just know I want to punch him in the face. Iggy Brzezakis, you're number two. Number one, or where are we headed this time? Where's number the car one, headed? I'm actually going to get in my car again. We're driving to Detroit Metro Airport. We're going to hop on a plane back to Ann Arbor. <laughs> back to Ann Arbor from Detroit Metro Airport. Quick little, quick little puddle jumper, except we're not flying over any puddles. We're taking a dual-engine Cessna right back to Ann Arbor. Number one on the list. I'm pretty sure we can all guess who it is. Mr. Smiley himself, Charles Matthews. Takes the cake. He is my number one most punchable face in the Big Ten. Gary, what do you think about my top five? I think it's phenomenal. I couldn't... I mean, I could rearrange them a little bit. Sure. I mean, anybody can feel free to offer their top five. I'm surprised you didn't have Teske in there, but... I can't wait to see... At S underscore Kish's reaction on Twitter, I'm sure he'll probably feed me a top five of Spartan players, and I welcome it. I'd laugh at it. I yeah. want to see it. We'll look forward but to that. Those are the facts. Yeah, I, mean, I did research. I looked across the entire Big Ten. I searched faces. Those we'll are the five in, I came up with. I don't know what put else to put him into you. his uh, punchable face scanner, pun and yeah. this is what it punched out. So Sorry, guys. That's what I came up with. <laughs> so expect another top five segment. Hopefully next week. Yes. Based on listener suggestions. 
And we're moving right along to the next question from Ryan R. in Houston. Mm. And this one also involves our first questionnaire, Steve K. from wow. Santa Monica. He couldn't help himself. Had to get in two this week. I appreciate that, though. Indirectly. Indirectly. Yeah. I happened to be with Steve K. from Santa Monica when the Nick War news dropped. And his initial reaction was, U of M had locked in the Big Ten title. <laughs> is, he, <laughs> is he and likely most of scum fa- fan base accurate in this assessment? Well, actually, and like I just said, I don't think that even if we lose this weekend, Michigan still has to play at Michigan State, so has to play at Maryland. I'm looking at minimum two L's for Michigan, regardless wow. of the outcome of this wow. weekend. Wow. I think if we beat Michigan, Michigan will beat Maryland. But then At we'll- Maryland? Did you see how ruckus of an environment that was? when Gary's feeling ruckusness. <laughs> I was born in the dark. <laughs> Um, I laughed at that because, I mean, he thought they immediately locked down the Big Ten. If you looked at Purdue's schedule, you didn't lock down anything. I think if any team's got it on lock right now, it's Purdue. Absolutely. I think Michigan and Michigan State both have a lot of work to do. Reading this, it I can kind of tell just by Ryan R. He's actually delivering us another message. I'm reading between the lines. I'm seeing that I think at S underscore Kish... Probably smiled a little bit when our boy Nick Ward got hurt. We probably enjoyed it. I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm just reading between the lines here. It seems like someone might have been a little happy. Cheered on the injury of an opposing player. I hope that's Sad. not the case. Ha- knowing, Sad. knowing him personally, I don't expect that out of him. Disappointing. This if is true. a leader of men we're talking about here, S. Kish. Very disappointing if true. V disappointed if true. <laughs> But we always welcome his questions. And we you welcome. Can, and we will read your questions anytime on the podcast. We appreciate you, buddy. Especially if you want to give us a new segment for top five. I think he's probably got great ideas for top five, so we always welcome his top fives. Text, Twitter, Insta DM, however you want to get it to us. Send up via carrier pigeon. Don't care. Let's move right along to the next question. Tom, a.k.a. Big Dog, from Columbus. Ooh, big dog, back in the house. And he's loving the the Hezzy reference. He did not create it. Let me just go on the record and say that. Yes, we did not get this from any dog, big or small, no. as Gary said mid, earlier on mid, the podcast. No mid, mid dog. No, no s- mid dog, no big dog, <laughs> no small dog. He asked how, exactly how many Hezzies is it going to take from Cassius to get the dub <laughs> on Sunday. He said probably 100 Hezzies. I think we set that over under at 100 Hezzies. I, I agree with Tom, and I think we're going to have to hit the over. In order for us to win. Yeah. Even though if he was doing 100 hezzies, that would be minimum 200 points. Minimum. Men. But we're going. I like the way, <laughs> big, I'm gonna tell you, I like the way big dog's thinking down there in Columbus. That's. I mean, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, and thank you for using our term, hezzy. We really appreciate yeah. that. What a great term we thought of. Can't wait to use it again. So thank you for the question. Ooh, Hope you listened. We got a uh, comeback here from uh, Brew Crew. The underscore brew underscore crew 95. We always appreciate hearing from old brew. He says, scary times for the Spartans with the loss of Nick Ward. Do you guys think Hoiberg could give better relief instead of lawyer? Thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this question should really be sent to Billy down in Detroit. Billy, I think brew might be looking for Billy G's reaction here, but Billy's too scared to come on the podcast and discuss. So I defend don't know what himself. Else. Yeah. I mean, the step pack three off the Hezzy that uh, Hoiberg put up. 
I don't against know. Against OSU. I've never seen Lawyer do something like that in a game. I think he Hoiberg actually tweeted a video of Cassius Winston doing his step back three last week and said, taught I taught him everything I know. <laughs> and then Cassius Winston quoted that tweet and said, I've learned everything I know from the legend. <laughs> Crew, I like this. I like this suggestion. I like it a lot. I'm kind of open to it. I'm ready to Gary? move forward with that. What are your thoughts? I mean, it can't be any worse than Lawyer at this point. That's how I look at it. So, yeah, we're open to it, Brew. We like it. Nice. We like the suggestion. We'll get it to Izzo. Very open to it. Hopefully he listens. Well, coming right back again full circle to our number one fan, Salty Dog, Joe V, in Denver. Says, Michigan is wearing some sweet unis for the sweet. game Sunday. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't didn't put the emphasis on that. Some sweet unis for the game on Sunday. And I hope we wear our script, our state script as well. What's MSU's best jersey of all time? All sports. I love that script hockey jerseys and all white football unis. Unquestionably, there's only two that come to mind for me. We're talking about the year 2000 when we won the uh, NCAA tournament. Those dirty Reebok boys when we were wearing the AIs on the on our feet too. Love those. Classic. And obviously, pro combat versus Michigan. Sorry, did uh, I steal your thunder, Gary? Me My bad. Again, damn it. Again, stealing me, stealing the thunder again, Clark. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Great minds here. think alike. Yeah, those pro get combats are great. I really love the uh, the new age state script though on the basketball mm, unis. Yes, I think there's nothing better. I'm very, uh, I don't know, I'm in the middle on the uh, the black and highlighter yellow unis that we've been rocking for some of the games this it year. Feels a little Oregon-y for me. Those aren't our colors, you know. I I liked the pro combat specifically because it really took the bronze and the Spartan. Yeah, and you throw the aspect. black in there with the green. Yeah, yeah. It looks great. Yeah. And we've only worn them once. Don't yeah, ever wear them again. Don't. You only needed to wear them once. Yeah. Just, uh, I think it was Isaiah Lewis holding the ball in front of uh, oh, Denard. So. Young shoelace. Yep. They'll... Getting iced. Yeah. Hold this L. Yep. Good day, sir. <laughs> and good day. And good day. And we'll go to our, uh, actually, our hockey correspondent has a question, basketball Ooh, related. Burge. Burge from Chicag. He said the ward injuries, excuse me. The ward injury creates the exact situation I wanted to avoid. Why weren't Bingham and Kithier given more minutes earlier in the year? Now our hand is forced. And we will have to play them at the most pivotal part of the season. There's no way they would have been seasoned vets at this point, but they should have had quality minutes under their belt at this point. What good is having talent on the bench if you refuse to let it develop into depth? Should Izzo be held more accountable... He's great, but his stubbornness has stunted MSU. Strong words. Strong words from Burge. Here's the thing. I The last part of it, his stubbornness stunning MSU, I think we've all felt this for years. I mean, why have we never played his own defense? At least thrown it in there. I mean. We talked about it, I think, why, on the basketball why, preview. Why in God's name was a lottery pick not playing in the game against Syracuse last year. We'll never understand that decision. So the stubbornness factor, I'm with you, Burge, a million percent. Why did Izzo let his team go out and die against Middle Tennessee State when they went up like 20-2 to two on us and not call a timeout before that? We'll never know. That's just Tom Izzo, and you know I'd rather have him than most. So I'd rather have seven Final Fours. However, I think what you must be referring to is the stretch of games maybe during like the winter break portion of the schedule where we're playing nobody. I don't disagree with you. I would have liked to see the freshmen get more minutes, especially in games that were winning by 60 or 70 points. I think it could have been valuable. 
I wish Kithier would have played more against top top tier opponents. I uh, just yeah, think Kithier Kithier is too small. No, right he now. is too small, but I mean, he still has size and he can shoot the three. And he can give you five fouls. I've already said that. I mean, I just yeah, that Bingham's is a little bit is very perplexing. I and I understand he's very undersized in regards to weight for the Big Ten, but he still allegedly can has a stroke from three and you know is a big guy you can throw he needs in there. Time to develop for sure. I think Kithier's the guy we're all talking about that we could wish we could have seen some more minutes and then he might be a little more confident down in the post. But I think he's developing and you know he gains confidence the more that he plays. So. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Lawyer get some more minutes earlier because he still is... He, he still looks like a deer in headlights. I mean, yeah. that three-pointer he attempted versus uh, Rutgers the other day fell short from the rim about uh, six feet, so I don't know what else to say about that. But I appreciate the question, Burge, and I no, definitely I agree. agree with you. I, we both agree. Stubbornness. That's Izzo, though. You got to take the good with the bad. And I'll, and I'll take and Izzo I'll take the all good. day. I'll take the good because the good's always going down smooth. Yeah, this year is definitely a year that we could overachieve, especially with the ward injury. We're right where we want to be in being the underdog, and I think that could bode well for us. We need ward back. We need ward back, though. Absolutely. Nick Ward, if you're listening, you're not please gonna, come back. You're not going to hear me say that we're a better team with Tillman <laughs> over Ward, a.k.a. Henry over Langford. You're not going to hear that argument from me, I promise. Good. Someone's gotten smart. <clears throat> I like to think I progress. So let's get this W. Let's get this fucking W. Please get this W. So thank you for listening. Real quickly, Clark, I know there was a special announcement coming in regards to the stickers. It has been postponed. I wish people would stop being so selfish about the stickers. We told you if you wanted a sticker, all you had to do was show up at Breslin Center and come to the Rutgers game, and you would have gotten one for free. Not have to worry about it being mailed. So stop being selfish. Focus on the Michigan game. Those stickers are coming, people. That's my special announcement. Focus on the Michigan game. The stickers are on their way. DM Red Cedar Rundown at Chris Clark, please. Yeah, my yes, my DM is at Chris Clark. <laughs> so please feel free to send it to at Chris Clark. No. On Instagram. Send it to Red Cedar Rundown. Or DM Twitter because neither one of those are my handle on either website. So go ahead and send it to them and see where the stickers show up. Uh, regardless of that, as as we say, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And most importantly, as always, go green. Go white. <laughs>